0: We have a lot of sniffles and things today. Bhante has, (laughs) Bhante's, everybody's got that lingering thing that started in the winter and it's not going away. I don't, but I notice a lot of other people do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, we've been talking over the last several weeks about precepts, the Brahma Vihadas, what else? Those a lot. And uh, I thought it was a good night to have a maybe a discussion, a dialogue, or a conversation uh, with people, if people have comments or questions they want to ask about anything. But it could cover something that we've talked about but not had a chance to have an open conversation about. So be careful. You moved your glasses, I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well I saw a and then uh yeah you know, I was breathing and I was feeling my like chest, you know, opening and closing and, like and then um, now I was thinking like where does that exist? Like you
0: Well, you know, a lot of times um, teachers will say to people, you won't stop breathing. And, and I used to think that was kind of funny to tell people in advance, that even if you think you've stopped breathing, you haven't stopped breathing. But you, get so, you can get so uh, relaxed and your breathing becomes so still that people do actually get scared that they've stopped breathing. So I realized that wasn't the teacher just saying something quirky. It was it was a real warning because some people, they suddenly notice that their breath has just calmed down so much that it, you, you don't even feel it. Maybe that's what you were experiencing. but it, So the reminder is that you won't stop breathing, right? <laughs> but what you're noticing is that our only our only uh contact with life is our breath you know our breath is the, that was the thing that is telling us that we're alive that makes us be alive and so we can see it when we're when we're meditating we experience that and it's a it really tells us a lot about impermanence and that's a really tender thread to be hanging on to, right? Because that breath can seem to just disappear. We all practice
2: that when we sleep. It's the same thing. You become unaware of the breath. You have to turn the mind off.
0: Yeah, that's part of our... Oh, that's good. Sleeping is part of our practice. I like that. Yoganidra means yoga sleep, so uh, maybe that ties in with that. I like that sleeping meditation. I, I practice that. I like to practice that. <laughs> did that help? Did that help you at all with your question about your breath or your comment? Yeah.
3: I was like, I wanted, I should
1: be scared. Scare her. And I thought, no, I think I'm not going to get scared. Of and but, I thought I had to remind myself to that I was breathing,
3: but I wasn't together. Right. It was like this that. Right. I just And
1: It got really like I was empty. And right. it was okay. It was okay. It was, okay. I was, I was, I was like in here, and whatever it was supposed to do, it was doing. It was doing.
0: That's good. That's I think that's a good sign. You don't want to leave your body. You know, you don't want to kind of pop out of your body. We want to stay in our body, but that that breath becomes so subtle that that's the kind of experience you have. So that we should have a warning or a t-shirt at least. Like <laughs> yeah. We're meditating, but we are still breathing, like your body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Thank you. That's a, I'm glad you mentioned because that, because that is something that people need to be aware of when they meditate. Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: we, uh, we had an exercise where we were practicing uh, diaphragmatic breathing. We all laid down and put one hand on our partner's uh, belly to try to, Concentrate on, you know, breathing diaphragmatically, and uh, it was interesting because when you, when I inhale, I realized
0: Oh, that's good, thank you. That that's it's good to see that connection with others, isn't it? It's good to see that with their breathing, because that's basically what it all comes down to. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Well, in in the yoga practice, breathlessness is deathlessness. That's why you're trying to breathe deeply is to oxygenate the bloodstream so that you don't have to gain. And then there's no need to breathe. That's why the yoga breath is such to oxygenate the, the bloodstream. So deathlessness is, breathlessness is deathlessness.
0: Wouldn't it be breath is deathlessness?
2: <laughs> no, breath, wait. Breathlessness is deathlessness. If you don't have the compulsion to breathe you are actually attaining quite a quite a deep sense of
0: spirit yes that's what i'm thinking too so but you're thinking breathlessness as like the exhale well, well if, you, if you no longer need to breathe that's deathlessness. No, that's death. (laughs) I disagree with the part about it being deathlessness. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I. I, It's a. That's a different discussion. I think. But we'll think about it because we're all going to have that in our minds tonight, breathless, deathless. <laughs> yeah, you know, too many extra in- endings on the words, right? As yes, we
2: all try to coax ourselves to sleep, <laughs> yeah. to let go of our thoughts, worries, and cares.
0: So breathing is our connection to life. We we do know that. Like breathing is is that part of us that that tells us we're alive.
2: Well, I think thought. Thought and breath are inseparably linked. As you slow down your breathing, so also will your thought processes slow down. They're inseparably linked, as yoga teaches you.
0: So it's uh, encouraging for those of us who have monkey mind. If we settle our breathing down, we're gonna the monkey settles down. Which which is that's true. That does happen. <laughs> Thanks. We're going to be mentally busy. Okay. I have a totally random question. That's good. um, (laughs) I was
3: reading on the website that um, there are two different types of bowing that you can do to the Buddha when you come in.
2: One is like a half bow to the waist and the other, the full bow and the forehead to the floor. But it doesn't say which.
0: When is it appropriate to do full kind of Well, that's, Bante Asaji might be, have a better answer for that. I, I'll tell you what I know. Like when, sometimes when we do, say, when we do the precept ceremony, we have, I think we've reduced the number of full prostrations, but we still do uh, th- the three prostrations where your forehead goes down and your hands are out. Um, We do it like a couple of times, and those seem to be important times, so it's right at the end of when people take their precepts. And so we have a few times during the precept ceremony at the end of each one. But I know Bhante Sujata and I were editing it down, and it was okay to take some out, so it could just be this simple bow. But Bhante Asaji, what, what's the difference between the times, the situations when you do the three prostrations, or just a bow? Actually,
5: there are no specific times uh, in Sri Lanka. Uh, sometimes some people, they do own, uh meditation or just uh, do that thing. So there are no specific times. Uh, in uh, Thailand and Bur- Burma, most people do like it.
0: Um, Almost for they everything.
5: They so, they are. so, would it be fair to say that if something is, is you're very grateful for something? Um, yeah, <laughs> also. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, uh, why don't the Buddha and Matha do what's also uh, um, also we are, uh, for
0: ego. Yeah. Oh ego. I thought you said something else. <laughs> We're surrendering yeah. our ego when we do that bow and so so the prostration is like even more of a surrender kind of a complete surrender just to it's it's good to help get rid of the ego and unless it's but you can also do a prostration and it might be full of ego so it's all in the person's intention you know (laughs) trying to look good yeah so if you're doing the three the prostrations when no one's looking that's probably the best time to do it right (laughs) well
3: I think there's a cultural aspect of this as well, because I you know that the families who are here from Sri Lanka when they greet one of the monastics over the full frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the course of many of those teachers to the West that wanted to and they wanted to insist on some of those you know, cultural um, aspects of the practice from the East because we wanted to make it more accessible.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I have
3: a question
5: about the clothes, the
0: dress. Uh-huh. The red gown,
5: left shoulder, and the left arm is clothed. What's the significance
0: of that? Well, the significance of that red sash is just it's just a nice outfit, right? There's, there's no, there's no significance to that red sash. What we have a set. I think someone bought them. There's a yellow one and a red one. Maybe
5: I'll change this month. Last Saturday it was yellow. Maybe next month I'll change something different. Robes on the left, robes.
0: Oh, that, well, if you look the way we wear our robes. Yeah, it's always over the left shoulder.
5: And the
0: left right. Yeah. And the right arm is not covered.
5: But is
0: it's just that's tradition, right? It just...
5: are we they have,
0: yeah you have they have way I can't do it, but it's a uh, twisting the twisting the robes and it ends up creating another sleeve <laughs> yeah, he can't take his robe off in front of you so it's hard for him to, to show you <laughs> But if you go to Sri Lanka there, I, I noticed that the Temple of the Tooth, any any monks who are there cannot have a shirt on. They have to have their robe without a shirt underneath. Now, the nuns all wear long-sleeve shirts all the time, but they made Bhante Sujata. We were at the Temple of the Tooth with just a couple of people, and uh, they they made him go into like one of the little guard houses and take his shirt off. You'd think it'd be just the opposite, but it was they wanted it to be the very traditional uh, I guess. So you know how people have those uh, geese that they used to dress up. It was real popular? Well, we kind of have done that to our Buddha <laughs> it's a it's a, It's an American tradition. <laughs> That's a good question thanks for noticing
4: yeah
0: he needs to be wearing his rain cat right now
4: <laughs>
0: they're just, they're exa- we always put it on the same but they're just different colors mm-hmm always it um if you watch a movie, I've, I've done this and it's very interesting. If you watch a movie and there, there are, um, or some, uh, there was a British TV show and I can't, it was either something like it was Lewis or something. But if it's, a, if it's a movie or a TV show where they're just kind of background characters like uh, monks, they usually have it over the wrong shoulder they don't they don't wear it correctly so you can you can look and see if it's actually a real monk or uh, a tv a tv monk <laughs> and and i know there. Uh, some one of the monks told me that uh if you're going through immigrations and they're searching like sometimes especially when the in Sri Lanka, when there were terrorists and they were actually attacking some of the temples, that the, the, the guys at the airport would have them take their robes off, you know, go in their little dressing little curtains if they have to search you and you're a monastic that's in a little booth, like a little booth with curtains around it. But they ask you to take your robe off, but then they and then they ask you to put it back on. Yeah. So if you if you can't put it on correctly, then they know you're like a fake, a fake monk. <laughs> so they Yeah, I don't think I don't know if they do that now, but there was a p- time in Sri Lanka where that was. Now it's. Yeah, that was. There've been different times, like civil wars and things, where. Yeah. Yeah, they're very different. Also, can you you tell
5: them what is the uh, robe
0: pattern? Oh, yeah, the the pattern of the robe is, um, it's made up, it's like patchwork, but it's made up of rice patties because that's, the rice paddy is just such a familiar thing you see in uh, in India and in and, and all Asian countries, and that's the way the Buddha wanted the, the uh, pattern to be on the robes because the early monks, of course, took scraps of material and then would clean them and then uh, sew the robes together and then dye it in some kind of natural dye, maybe plants or you know, the colors would be different according to what kind of vegetation grew in that area. And some one of the monks asked the Buddha how they should put the fabrics together, and he pointed out a rice paddy and said that that's what he wanted the pattern to be. And Bhante used it uh, talking about, uh, for, for the Earth Day talk, and talked about the, Buddha, the Buddha's relationship to nature and a lot of examples of it, but the rice patty is a, is a nice one. And he would show you that too. We would show you that too, but then we'd almost have to take our clothes off right.. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> just the out, just the outside wrap. <laughs> so someone some, there's a woman who's making Bande Suja. She made all of us a set of robes. And um she was she was doing they were there her family was here a week ago and I had just said, Oh I really I think of you every time I wear that robe and she's she was trying to um uh, what what's the best way to say it? She's trying to make one make one for Bonte that's small enough for him because he's so short. But she's she's having trouble getting the patty feels the right dimensions so, which never occurred to me because I've had to shorten robes before and I didn't worry about the paddy field designs. But she's trying to proportionately shorten it so that proportions are right for the paddy fields. So I was laughing about that. I, now that, now I think about it, it's like the breathing, the breathless thing. I'll look at my robes and think about how would you change the proportions of that? It's a nice math problem to think about. So any other substantive questions? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
4: When you said uh, are you chasing a thought? It was interesting because oftentimes I have thoughts to split through my mind where I get lost in something. But I had a distinct sensation of chasing a thought just before you said that. So I thought, how (laughs) did (laughs) she
0: Because it happens to me all the time, so I'm <laughs> I'm very familiar with the process. So
5: it
0: happens, you bring it up. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of times I'll, I'll I'll say something when I've noticed it just happening, just immediately in my mind. Just those little reminders are helpful. <laughs> no psychic powers here. Just. <laughs> Extremely human.
5: <laughs> uh huh.
4: You know, a lot of things are like uh, tipping your hat uh, it comes from from the Wild West when people wore guns all the time, and it was, it was an appropriate thing to get your.
0: And as far away from your gun as you
4: can. Oh. So a lot of those things are, are like Swami where uh, The uh, Hindus would uh, kiss his feet.
0: Mm-hmm. To tip.
4: <laughs> do it, but, and, and, mm-hmm. go back and find out why things are mm-hmm. and they are?
0: And, uh, that's right. And, uh,
4: what was the point of, of, of kissing the feet of the master? And uh, I, I don't really know, but I'm sure that if it went back far enough, it would be a uh, sign of respect based on something. Yeah, mm-hmm. Or humility. Mm-hmm. And And, then that's the same,
2: our same thing with shaking hands. You shook hands with someone you met because you didn't want, you wanted to show them that you did not have an offensive weapon in your
0: hand. Right. And we shake with the right hand, which is the hand you'd probably, don't we shake with the right hand? (laughs) Which would probably be the hand most people use. Uh huh.
2: Well, I think most of us have a right hand.
0: What'd you say? Me too, me too. That's why we're sinister, right? We could still we could be shaking hands and stabbing them in the back at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Greg. I have a question that's pertaining more to
3: practice. Um, and I know as we talk about how thoughts arise and follow, the mind like the clouds, uh, and that's one of the ways when we're trying to seek calm that we you know, maintain our, our peacefulness and our mindfulness is just witnessing the thoughts rather than you know latching onto them and following and chasing them. You know. So it can be the same with emotion. The emotions arise and fall away. That they're state of mind as well, but they're more of a felt sense rather than an intellectual or thought sense. And yet, you know, I guess what I'm looking for, any, any comment regarding the balance in between <coughs> pursuing an emotional exploration or uh, exploring a felt sense in order to fully process emotion and fully understand it and how far to take that before you end up wallowing in it, and you know, falling headlong into an
5: emotional
3: like mm-hmm. abyss. So, <clears throat> any thoughts about striking a balance where you you don't dismiss the emotion of hand, nor do you indulge in it, but find that middle path?
0: Right. I think that's that's the hard, the finding the middle path, because it's easy sometimes to wallow in it and that does and it without it helping means that we need to experience our emotions the only the only thing i know that will work for me is if i if i allow it to come up and then instead of thinking about it i just feel it for a while and then because i know what it is i might i know what it's or where it's coming from but i have to if i can just feel it and think oh that's what this that's what this emotion feels like. And uh, the when I vividly remember that experience, it, usually you have to go through it two or three times, and then it, I, it seems to begin to go away on its own. But I ju- instead of distracting myself, you know, I just, whatever, if I'm not, if I'm sitting and practicing and it arises and I can just kind of be with it. It almost takes my breath away sometimes, you know, but just be with it and breathe and oh, that's what this feels like. And that's and that's what where I feel it kind of coming from in my body. And then just let it let it kind of move through. But it might but it might take two or three times or more depending on it of just observing it. Not not trying to get away from it. Because usually, if it's a if it's an emotion that we're familiar with, we might just prefer to distract ourselves from it. It might be sadness, or for me, it was a kind of melancholy. Um, And when it would arise, I'd want to do something to just avoid it, you know. Just uh, and to to feel it was the best thing I could do, but not for very long. Just let it pass through but no i needed to still to still have a few more times that's somebody else might have some other experience they'd like to share it's good to remember it having an awareness that we don't want to wallow in it just what you said is probably one of the best things too just to be aware that oh here comes an emotion <laughs> and it might be our favorite one to beat ourselves up about or, you know, the most painful thing that ever happened to us. But we can just be aware, we don't want to get carried away with it, that we want to use this time to practice with it. But anybody else have an experience they can share? Uh Uh-huh. I had something
1: past week where uh, my car, kind of got scraped up and um, I went and I found this uh, auto, auto parts store and they had like uh, you know, wax and you know, stuff that was different granular so they could get the stuff. And then there was a So I started doing it and trying to make things right. You know? And then I wasn't doing it, I could do this for a living or something. But then later on in the day, what you were saying, with, um, car washers, whatever car wash. And I, I, I said, guys, I want to, you know, uh, fix this. You know, you got the thing. And the guy looked at me and he said, Wait, it's said, 30 bucks. And that's what I paid on, on the face. <laughs> but I, I didn't answer too many. Of them. <laughs> Do it. Or, or I stopped
0: doing it also when the answer
1: came. Yeah, yeah. It
0: took care of itself. It wasn't me. It's nice when those things just take care of themselves, right? That's like uh, the quality of renunciation. We always think, oh, that means I have to give up something that I really love or that really, I'm really attached to. And really what renunciation is, is letting go of the things that don't serve us that don't do that don't suit that don't suit us as we are now and it's and it's it's more like oh i can let go of that uh idea that i'm you know going to be able to fix the car and do it cheaper than the mechanic mm-hmm. uh but it's it, it we can look at it as like kind of a lightning like like we say in um the chant we do the uh the one on the last page. What is it? My wish. Um, you know, we become lighter and freer, and that's that's when we renunciate. We're that's what we're doing. We're just getting rid of the stuff that we don't need anymore, and it liberates us, right? So it's not like we have to do some big thing. We just let go of things when they don't. They don't. We don't need them anymore.
3: Back to what you were saying.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: when it's a feeling that comes you know what the feeling is from experiencing a deep feeling
0: and I'm experiencing uh huh. it's It's a
3: painful feeling it's a good feeling to go through again and again and again as long as I don't put thought to it I start putting thought to it, it seems like
0: it's distorted. Well, and that's what the thought will do, and that's why it's good to try, we learn to try not to put the thoughts to it, because the thoughts can also tell us that was bad, that was a bad thing when it happened, and maybe it's going to happen again, so maybe I have to stay uh, 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 on guard for it you know maybe it's going to maybe it's going to overpower me again it's going to be so strong those are thoughts right so that's all worrying about the future or if we think about it like uh oh how did i let that happen to me or how did i get you know we we start doing that about the past so if we if we're working with that emotion it's good to just sometimes it's just good to okay here it is I know what it comes from, but right now, in the present moment, I, that danger is not present. That pain is, uh, you know, whatever caused it in the very original. It, if we even know what the original cause was, um, we can we can just reassure ourselves right now. I'm in the present moment, so it's not it's not going to hurt me. Um, right now, I just want to be aware it's there and just let it experience
3: the feeling
0: right and let it pass through and that could
3: help the healing.
0: right that's been my experience it can really help the healing but we can't but we have to feel that same feeling again sometimes
3: that's where i just
0: allowing us to feel
3: that
0: fear. right it's, fear. it's probably fear and the thinking just is a way to control the emotion you know the it's thinking awesome yep totally and that's that's what our brain wants to do yeah yeah and it and, so, and if if it's if we're not ready to just feel that emotion and let it pass through, we, you know, we can't force it. But if we just get still and quiet, okay, here it is. I know what this is from. It's not, it's not here now. It doesn't have to be, it's not a real thing right now. It's a feeling, it's an emotion. And we can, you know, we know when it's, I think we have a sense when it's okay to work with it. Like, okay, this time I'm going to let it just, just feel it. So for me, that sense of melancholy, I could feel it in my stomach, and uh, I could just let it be there and think, "I'm okay. I'm not. This is just coming because it's a certain time of day, or I'm just was reminded of a situation." But then just watch it and just let it go through the whole cycle of the emotion, not the experience. And not thinking about it, just letting my body experience it. And it really felt like it just kind of went up. But then, it, you know, when it came back again, I had to do the same thing again. But then, then, then it very quickly, uh, considering how many years I had experienced it, very quickly when I didn't fight it, but I didn't think about it, 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 It's like that little child that wants attention. So the child is tugging at you and, you know, and we know later, later, right now, just be quiet, be good. And uh, that child's not going to stop tugging until we pay attention. And then all the child wants is for us to put our arm around the little child and say, there, there, everything's okay, and pay attention to it. And then the kid doesn't have to keep pulling and pulling and I think it's just like that that emotion needs to be recognized but it doesn't have to be analyzed anymore yeah 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 thank you thank you everybody now we're all fixed (laughs) we're all better (laughs) (laughs) laughter